Hi, I'm Ellie, and I've spent the last 10 years hoovering up pretty much anything that promises me enlightenment or inner peace. I love the esoteric, the mystical, and most recently, the physical practices that bring me into altered states of consciousness and allow me to experience shifts in the way I feel. What I also love is to share these discoveries with others. So I thought it would be fun to put together a collection of some of my favorite practices and have experts in those fields explain these to you simply and coherently so that you can decide which ones resonate with you. But let me give you one big clue. All roads lead back to home. And that feeling of bliss that you so deeply desire lives right inside of you. This week, we're gonna be speaking with somebody who, hand on heart, has been one of the biggest inspirations in my life. She's a conscious entrepreneur. She has four startups, including the very first dessert hummus company, Delighted By, which is hugely successful and delicious, by the way. And she's also the founder of Cacao Ceremonial Drinking Chocolate, a brand that I partner with and I am so passionate about. Many of you will have heard Mackenzie riff on conscious business and the new paradigm. And believe me, she has a completely unique way of running her businesses. But today we're gonna be speaking about something very close to her heart and very weaved in to this new paradigm and that is plant medicine. So I'm so excited to welcome this week, Mackenzie Masler. I have been so looking forward to this interview, not least because I get to ask you all the burning questions that I've had about plant medicines. And you and I have talked so much about conscious business and I've had so many podcast interviews with you. You know, you've been riffing on entrepreneurship because that's your jam, but I really see you as the queen of plant medicines. And to me, your relationship with plant medicine and your relationship to business are so entrenched. And I feel like you are the person who's inspired me most with plant medicine because the way that you have spoken about guidance that you've received and how you've actioned that and how the steps that you've taken from those experiences have had such a profound impact on me and and been so inspiring. And actually, probably how I understood what true guidance was the most. So that's why I'm so excited about having this conversation with you. And I just wanted to acknowledge that and to thank you for being here and being willing to share something so powerful and so profound with us. Oh, my goodness. You are just the best. You always make me feel so celebrated. And honestly, though, I'm, I'm just grateful that you're even willing to open up this conversation because you are absolutely right. The business conversation is wouldn't even be there if it wasn't for the work with the medicines and the the relationship with the medicines. And so I love that this can be completely dedicated to them giving credit where credit is due. Oh, that's just so, so incredible. And seriously, I remember the day um, when I first heard you speak where I made the first connection between receiving guidance and running one's business And that, it was probably one of the biggest turning points of my entire life. And I know there are so many people listening to this who have their own business and who are fulfilling their soul's purpose, but who just need to hear that extra layer of permission to really just to surrender everything to their guidance system. So I know this is going to be a really special episode for them because I know some people listening will be familiar with plant medicines and I know some people won't. So I would love to just bring it back to basics to start off with. If you could just explain to us what is a plant medicine? Sure. Well, every plant has a spirit and therefore every plant can communicate with us and they all hold a certain body of wisdom and consciousness that we can interact with and form a relationship with. And this applies across the board, really with any plants. However, there are, there are some plants in particular that are really known for, for having a purpose to elevate our consciousness or having a purpose to heal. While there are so many plants we eat to heal our bodies, there are also plants to interact with to help us expand our consciousness, to heal our energetic bodies, and of course, physical healing does happen. And so there are 
it's hard to even put a definition into what is a plant medicine because you can have a bottle of essential oil. And for instance, this vetiver that I'm holding in my hand, when I inhale it or apply it to my body, it has a certain impact on me. It's actually, you know, communicating with me. But I can take that even further by talking to the spirit of vetiver. And I can ask, what is it that you're desiring to show me today or um, reveal to me? And just interacting with this plant in this way, it it is really profound. And so we do this, as many people that are listening already know, but some that don't. We, we do this with cacao. We have ceremonial grade cacao, which we see as a plant medicine. And it's the, the cacao has a unique purpose to open our hearts, soften our bodies, relax our nervous systems, tap into our creativity, help us express our heart's truth, and open our third eye. And it's very grounding at the same time. But you wouldn't know that until you work with cacao ceremonially and have that direct experience. And of course, that's very broad, but because because cacao will have a very unique relationship and soul contract with you, the person that's working with her. That's the other thing, is that there are times where we refer to plant medicines as feminine or masculine, and you don't have to, but there are times where you work with a plant medicine and you can so feel in your bones that there is, for instance, with ayahuasca, a feminine energy working with you. And there are many other beings and beings of light and love that can come through the plant medicines or in your journey. However, the energy itself is inherently feminine and many people come out of an ayahuasca ceremony, which I I know we're going to dive more into here. They come out of an ayahuasca ceremony and they refer to ayahuasca as she automatically. They refer to her as madre. And maybe they had heard that before, but I personally hadn't. So I, that was inherent for me and it was from my direct experience with her. Um, and so again, it's when you have the physical manifestation of a plant, but then when you actually either consume it or, um, smell it or talk to it, even have a relationship, have an ongoing dialogue with that plant, do you actually interact with the spirit? And so that's what I kind of see as a plant medicine. And even just the word medicine, when you think about it, medicine, what is medicine for? It's for healing. And when you go to the jungle, you recognize that there are tens of thousands of plant species that they are working with at any given time to heal heal themselves, heal their community. They're working with nature. They're receiving from nature all the medicine that they could ever need. Even in the Western world, the pharmaceutical companies, they go to the jungle to study the compounds. Then they come here and they synthetically match them to create what's then pharmaceutical drugs in a chemical form, and then they profit from it. But if we could return back to the jungle and just take the rather than the isolated form of that compound and work with the entire compound or the entire energy, what you're then doing is you're working with the spirit and you're interacting with the spirit of the plant. And then that healing is going to be so much deeper, so much more profound, not to mention so much more reverent of where it came from in the first place. Yeah, that is that is so bang on. And that's how I've always felt when I've worked with, with essential oils. It's so obvious when you when you work with something created in a laboratory, it's lacking the plant spirit. And my intuition with the plant spirit also is that every single plant, and there are hundreds of thousands of different species of plant, and I truly believe in my heart that every single plant has a, a very complex, multi-layered blueprint of wisdom that is available for us if we work really deeply with that plant, the older I get and the more I work with plants, the more I'm sort of drawn to working with that plant wisdom as opposed to just thinking about how the plants work with us physiologically. So this is something I've been contemplating for a while is the relationship between the plant spirits, the many plant spirits and Gaia herself, so Mother Nature. 
And I know this is something, whenever I discuss this with my friends, it always turns into this really deep discussion. And I was wondering if you had contemplated when you've gone deep into your plant medicine experiences in your ceremonies, how do you see the relationship between Gaia and her plant spirits? Or do you see it all as the same thing? How does that look for you? That is such a good question. I definitely contemplate this. I would say that for me, how I view the plants are get as I, I view them as gifts from Gaia. And I also view them as vehicles to interact with Gaia, not so much directly because we can interact with her directly at any given moment, but even in a different way. We can interact with her in a different way through these vehicles of plant medicines. But I also look at them as Gaia's tools, which is funny that we're calling this Gaia's toolbox, but Gaia's tools are, (laughs) I love it. Um, And so that's why, honestly, it, it kind of hurts my heart when I see people say, well, ver- people that I respect even, like like shamans that don't work with medicines or different healers and light workers that say, we don't need medicine. We don't need plant medicine to elevate our consciousness. They're absolutely right. We don't. They're right. However, I still think that they're missing a part of the sentence. And the next part of the sentence would be, but with that said, Mother Earth clearly gave us these plants for a reason, and we deeply honor the contract between those plants and the certain specific souls and humans that they've called to work with and heal and contribute to. Um, and for that might not be for us, but we honor that the, those that it's for because inherently we honor Mother Nature and she wouldn't have put it there if it wasn't for a reason. So for me, it's like I am interacting with Gaia when I work with plant medicine, um, but it's hard to put into words. It's just it's just a different aspect of of her. You know, that's why maybe the the cosmic mother, you know, that really comes through the plant medicines, I feel. And I see Gaia as a representation of the mother as well. So mother energy, period, is like, I can work with mother energy just by putting my feet on the ground and, and talking to Gaia, but I can also experience mother energy through an ayahuasca ceremony and what's really unique about that for someone who's listening who's never experienced ayahuasca is if you're going in with pure intentions in the right setting which we should definitely talk about what happens is i uh in you you have this soul contract right you are you are genuinely called to her and you sit down she's going to at some point, maybe it's not that ceremony, but eventually work on the mother aspect, period. She, she's just going to do it. She's going to, it's going to be highlighted how robbed we've been of the feminine and of the cosmic mother on this planet for so long. And she's going to start healing that in you. Well, when someone says, well, you don't actually need medicine to, or plant medicine to experience that, you're absolutely right. You can go outside and you can put your feet on the ground and you, or you can just sit down and you can talk to Gaia and say, Gaia, can you please teach me about the mother aspect? Can you please heal that inside of me that's wounded or, um, or broken? Um, on the mother aspect. Can you please show me what mother energy is? Can you show me what mother energy means? So yes, it it will absolutely happen. But what, and so that's, what's beautiful. You can set an intention, you can talk to Gaia and she will answer that prayer. But what's amazing about a plant medicine is you don't necessarily have to say, this is my intention. You can more so surrender into the soul contract between you and that plant And then what happens is the plant medicine will work on you layer by layer in a very specific way to you. And that's why it's so hard to explain a plant medicine ceremony to somebody because no one is ever going to have the same experience. And and every single cup of medicine is different. So one day, if one ceremony I have is going to be completely different from another ceremony that I've had. And it's because 
the wisdom, the, the incredible intelligence of this plant medicine is able to see and know your soul on such a deep level that she's able to speak directly to what you need at that moment for that time. And it's, that is something that is the most mysterious thing I've ever experienced in my entire life, will forever be the most mysterious thing. For how did she know to say that? How did she know that that was what I needed? How did she know that? And it's just because she does. And so for you to experience that is the most incredible healing, nurturing thing because Oh, sometimes there are things that only the mother knows, only your mother knows. And so when you can work with these plant medicines that bring the mother in, you remember, you remember what it's like to soften and be held by our original mother. There are so many things that came up for me then. Firstly, when you're talking about how did she know, I, it sparked off this feeling in me where you know, when you when you go out in nature, anybody can relate to this, you go out in nature, and whether it's you smell a delicious flower, or you just get that flash of well being deep in your soul. Um, And it can come from like looking at the sea or just seeing a tree or just any anything to do with Mother Earth. And you get this, this momentary and it can last a long time, or it can be a flash, but this momentary deep sense of well being deep in your soul. And if you just pause and just conjure up that feeling, because we every human on this planet knows that feeling. And if you just pause and like conjure it up and just remember it, if you were to sort of contemplate that, if you were able to stretch it out or just think about it and contemplate, you would understand that in that momentary flash, there's a deep connection with Mother Earth. And in that connection is an instant reciprocal understanding and a very deep seeing and knowing where you have this massive rush of gratitude because you suddenly understand the magnitude of what she's done for us. And you and part of that is because you feel the unconditional love that's coming back to you. And that we literally feel that every time we go out in nature and we actually allow ourselves to connect and and it's so interesting how sometimes we can have that momentary flash many many times without ever really stopping and kind of analyzing what that that moment is but i i so much feel like what you were talking about is that well i i love that and it it sparked something for me because you were asking is it is it just is, are you interacting with gaia when you work with a plant medicine and for some reason, what I'm getting, this could be totally off base, but if you imagine Gaia and she's like this um, jungle woman with like snakes and plants and her trees wrapped around her and she's, yeah, this green kind of goddess, what I'm seeing in that or what I'm receiving in that image is she's more like delighting and being moved by all of the things around her, like all the different plants and the fairies and all the different aspects of consciousness around her. And she's like, she's like welcoming it all. And what I guess I wanted to say is that for me, I feel that there are aspects of like the celestial realm and other realms that come through plant medicines that are inherently different than Gaia herself. And I, again, I could be wrong. This is just based on my experience. But most of my guidance that I'm going to is to Gaia. She, and I'm looking to her wisdom to, to help guide my life, one, one aspect of my guidance system. But when I'm working with a plant medicine, it almost feels like there are certain angelic realms and ascended masters and enlightened beings and fairies and angels and um, other aspects of consciousness that have a contract with this medicine. And it's almost like um, they come through it. And so that's what's different than for me just, just being with Gaia. And also I'll say 
um, well, what did I want to say there? It just, the cosmic mother, it is, Gaia is one aspect of mother, right? But the cosmic mother, think of every archetype. Think of Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, Isis. Think of all these archetypes and they come through the medicine from the higher realms, Kuan Yin. Um, and it's almost like you're, yeah, you're working with all of them at one time. And also even masculine archetypes, whether it's different ancient stone beings that have this incredible masculine wisdom and Archangel Michael and Saint Germain. And it's, it's interesting, the contract between these celestial realms and and the, the plant medicines. I just wanted to say that. And I think if you talk to a flower, you're going to get that as well. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes crystal clear sense. And it's kind of confirms what I already know in my being, which is that it's not just your relationship with Gaia, it's everything else that wants mm -hmm. to come through. But everything else and Gaia is the same. It's just... Mm -hmm. all comes yeah. back from this unbelievable nameless source that just yes. has these millions of different kind of manifestations. It's so powerful. So I really wanted to ask you about your experiences with ayahuasca because I know that you have worked with her extensively. And I, there's so many questions that I have, but ultimately I just would love to hear from you how your relationship with her has developed and how it looks different from the first time that you ever worked with her to now and how you've grown as a person and just a little bit about your story. Sure. The medicine really found me and called me in in a way I didn't even have to think about. When I first, when I went to my first ayahuasca ceremony, um, I had literally been invited that day. <laughs> so I didn't really, I didn't know what I, <laughs> what ayahuasca was that sound I know I'm laughing but obviously now I take this very seriously so I don't recommend that unless it is divinely orchestrated and you're getting a full-blown yes but essentially you know three days before I was with a friend and he was and I hadn't seen him in a really long time but I was coming out of my dark night of the soul through some really um, amazing healing. I'd been doing mirror therapy, inner child work, um, reconnecting to spirit from a non-religious place, met, uh, writing to myself, and and then also reading a couple core books like Marion Williamson, A Return to Love and Spirit Junkie by Gabrielle Bernstein. Basically, I was being prepared for the medicine, but I didn't know it. And so there was a lot of purification that was happening. And because I was waking up spiritually-ish, I reached out to the one spiritual person I knew or had ever met. <laughs> and I was like, we should talk because no one else talks about these things. And in the, we had a juice, like we went to a juice bar and he was like, I really want to go on a journey. And I was like, what's a journey? And he's like, have you ever heard of ayahuasca? And I was like, no. And he was like, yeah, I really want to, I want to go on a journey sometime. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I think I'd be down. I don't know. It was like such a quick conversation. And then the next day I went to get another juice with my friends. No, my aunt Amy's friend who was randomly in town and wanted to meet up with me. Like she's like an older lady and wanted to meet up to talk to me about her integrative healing center that she had a vision for. So I'm sitting there. She's like, yeah, you know, I even want to talk about ayahuasca and things of this nature. I was like, what did you just say? I, I swear I just heard that word. But then I brushed it off. And then the next day, that same, the friend that who had originally told me about it, he called me and said, hey, I just spoke to my friend's shaman and he has two spots left for ceremony tonight. Do you want to go? And I was like, yes. I didn't, again, I didn't do any research. I couldn't have even spelled the name of ayahuasca, let alone like say it or Google it. But which was great because I probably would have been so scared away by everything you see online. 
And also not a lot of people were talking about this, at least not in my circles. And I wasn't a part of the spiritual community and I didn't live in Los Angeles at the time. So no one was talking about it. And I just felt the full body yes to go. And also, thankfully, I was, I'd been so into nutrition and wellness for over a decade that I was, I was already eating very clean. So it's like, again, I had been purified for the process to begin. Um, yeah. So anyway, then when I showed up, um, in that ceremony, I felt very out of place. It was a small, intimate ceremony. The shaman was lovely (laughs) and now we're, you know, he's so important to me, but there's like all these crystals and very like spiritual, like Buddha statues and things. I was like, where am I? I felt so uncomfortable. Like I felt so out of my, out of place because I hadn't been exposed to that before, but I just surrendered. And um, again, it was like eight people and I felt so safe the whole time. And basically she won me over. She just, she held me all night and she just gave me this most magical experience of reconnecting me to my purpose. Um, It was a very soft, gentle exploration and my life was forever changed, literally. And and I know a lot of people um, say that and I, I believe it. It's, you don't leave, um, again, if you go in with the right intention, if you have the right setting and, and if you're committed to integrating it, that is key. But because of that, my life was never the same. And this is where, um, I set out to, for, for the rest of, um, my time and my life to, to spread my glitter in the world, to be the light that I am, to not be so concerned about performance and success and be more about being my light, being me. And that that's okay. That's actually what my purpose is, is to be me. (laughs) Um, and then here's what I'll say is my journey with ayahuasca, ayahuasca, the, the medicine kept calling me back and, I would tune in and she continued to call me back. And many people don't have this experience because they have to go all the way to Peru. And so how are they going to get to Peru every single month for three years, right? How is that going to be possible? But for me, some for some reason, they arranged that for me. Even when I was so broke, it was arranged for me to, to work with these medicines or work with this medicine in particular. And so it obviously was a clear part of my process. And I don't think that that's necessary for everyone. However, what I do think is necessary is to remember it is not a one and done thing. You can't go into an ayahuasca ceremony and believe that your entire life is going to change and that's all you ever need. No, it starts the healing process and it's a relationship. It is a relationship. It's something that's cultivated over time and you can go deeper and deeper over time. With that said, plant medicine is for healing. And not that we're ever fully healed, but there gets a point where you do need to ask yourself, am I still genuinely being called to the medicine? Or is this just something that um, I've started relying on to, to open me in a certain way or whatever it may be? It's like, do, do I actually need healing right now? Um, so treating it with reverence, I guess that's how it's, that's how it's expanded for me is just being so clearly tuned into her and say, are you genuinely calling me? There have been times where I have brought people to sit in ceremony with my shaman or other places, and I'm getting a clear no to sit. And then the night before there have been times where the night before she will come to my dreams and she'll say, you're sitting tomorrow. And I will have so much resistance and I will say, no, like, I don't want to, I don't want to go back on my word. I was already a no to this. And she was like, just wait. And, you know, you need to sit with, like, I'm calling you, you're going to listen and, um, I'll show you why. And there's always a reason, but then there are times where again, it stays that it's, I'm like, I'm a no and I have to trust that. And I can't be like, have fear of missing out syndrome. (laughs) 
<laughs> just because my friends are going to sit in ayahuasca ceremony and they're going to have this amazing experience. That's not, that's not what the medicine is for. It's, it's for, it's such a personal inward journey and it's, it just, you really have to tune in with, is this medicine genuinely calling me? And am I ready to integrate this? Because life is the ceremony. The ceremony itself, not a ceremony in terms of like how um, it's not going to, it is a ceremony, but it's, and it's going to teach you how to lean into life as ceremony. But if you don't integrate it in your life, you know, you'll just resort back to your regular patterns. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm in a really big, deep integration process. Um, the rest of my life will be an integration process. There's things that I've seen and experienced in ceremonies that I never understood and they start to make sense over time. And, and then there will be life tests and challenges to say, remember, I taught you this in ceremony. How are you going to show up? How are you going to lean in? Remember like what I showed you in ceremony. And it's always, it's always that very humbling moment I think you've brought up such an important aspect of this, which I think is really key to understanding, is that this is an ongoing relationship, not just with the medicine, but with the teachings and with yourself. And it's just like any teaching, really, is you learn something in the classroom, in inverted commas, and it doesn't end there. You then go out and you embody those teachings as the years go by and as you build up experiences, you you suddenly remember something you, you learned many years ago and you finally see how it actually applies in life. And the same teaching can just unravel time and time again. And some people have said to me with ayahuasca specifically, um, oh yeah, I, I've done it once and that's all I need to do. Um, and I remember saying, oh, well, so you've only done it once. And then they said, well, wh- why would you need to do it more than once? And I just remember feeling like, okay, well, they've they've had that expectation then of having one ceremony, which I feel like was maybe a little bit bucket listy. And then they can just walk off and, and that was that. But yeah. it is about building up a relationship, just like you would build up with with any any other entity, whether it's a plant spirit or whether it's a human being or a teacher. So I'm really glad that you that you brought up that integration piece. And actually, that leads me on to another question that I was just really curious about, which is if you see your relationship with Aya as being finite, like, do you feel that you have a finite amount of wisdom, teachings, learnings that you're contracted to learn from her or do you feel like you don't know where it's going to go and you may well be working with her for the rest of your life yeah that's been an ongoing question and Michael and I were just talking about this and what we've really come to is that we cannot put any definition onto that it's so not up to us you know It, it never was in the beginning it was it was something that was very clearly calling us and we tuned in and we're that's just what we have to continue to do but we did need to really honor when we were hearing the no and when we were hearing to take a really a, a, a big break um, from working with the medicines and to really um, not just to integrate the teachings, but to also explore what are there, what are other modalities that can realign our bodies and you know, assist us on a daily basis, how can we start mastering those? Um, Because the medicine work, it takes you so deep, so, so, so deep. And I think sometimes that's why people say, oh, I'm not going to do that again. It's because, well, how deep do you want to go? How willing are you to surrender? The medicine work is so uncomfortable. It's it's incredibly uncomfortable at times. I told you in my first ceremony, she held me. And that's what she does for most people. She wins them over. There's a reason. Because she's saying, I'm, I am a trustworthy place for you to land and to come and to learn from and to experience um, truth from. And it doesn't mean that every there are people that are only meant to sit with her one time, sure. But you're right. It does kind of feel bucket listy at times. Because the thing is, is that there are times where we have closed our bodies down on a collective level. We have 
we have contracted our bodies and tightened up and, you know, squeezed our, squeezed our sacral chakras and, you know, closed our hearts and we're just all tense and shit. <laughs> and the medicine, she's going she's gonna to bring you up against all of that, <laughs> all of it. And, and she's going to bring you into places that you were taught you shouldn't go, honestly. She's going to show you your shadow. She's going to show you your darkness. She's going to show you the darkness of the world. She's going to show you some uncomfortable things. And she's even going to show you, she's going to invite you to receive sex energy as pleasure. And she's going to help you heal your relationship to sex energy, which inherently is extremely uncomfortable for people. And it just, it all comes down to how much are you willing to open, soften, and relax, and breathe, and trust the Divine Mother. Trust the Divine Mother to catch you, carry you, and lead you to the right place. But we have trained ourselves to be scared of that because inherently it is not something that you can control. And it's not something that your brain can latch onto or create a linear path for. It is so feminine, so chaotic, and so uncontrollable that we get really scared. But that's the power of, of a plant medicine that's, sorry, a master plant medicine, such as ayahuasca or San Pedro, these other master plants. But these master plants can bring you to a place of surrender, and that is what our world needs more of. Um, and so for me, what I realized is that I got to a certain, I have gotten to many certain initiations and parts of relaxing and opening and surrendering and trusting and mourning the pain of the world and then sitting up again and singing my song and being grace and letting go of my betrayal wounds and, and whatnot. And it, and it got to a point was, okay, can I, can I relax open and soften in my everyday life? And the reality is that I'm not there yet. She showed me that I'm not there yet, and now, like now, I'm actually in the work, and it's it's away from the medicine. I don't, I have not passed this test yet, and so I don't, I don't know if I will. I, I think I this is one big thing I'm here to work on, um, and I completely respect and honor if and when the medicine calls me or calls Michael. That's the other thing. I have a feeling she's gonna call Michael back sooner than she calls me. And that is something that that's great. And I can honor that and still be a supportive role of myself in my own soul contract. Um, but yeah, just to answer in short, there's no finite because who knows? And I'm open either way. And I was so sad <laughs> when Michael was working with the medicine <laughs> back in 2018 and I was taking a, a really big break again. I was so sad because I felt like, I was like, I miss her. I miss her so much. Like I would play medicine music and I'd be like, I miss her so much. And this was another thing to integrate. Can I connect with her right now and through this medicine? Can I connect with that essence? Can I connect with that? And so that's something that I feel really good about now. Rather than it being this aching that's only a part of those ceremonies, there's something very special that can't be replicated. However, there's something that can be integrated. And I think there is one more thing I want to say here, is if that's okay is I really, I know like we're probably going to go over time because we're not getting to all the questions yet. I just, I really want to be a voice for the plant medicines. And it's very vulnerable because someone can take this information and they can do what they want to do from it. And they can, they can do what they want to do with it, but with any intention. And then they could become one of those, they could give the world another reason to shame plant medicines. And that is my inherent fear. And um, even like I'm reading Shaman Durek's book right now, who is a very interesting, you know, wise person and is doing a lot of beautiful work in the world. But he says very blatantly, this is not another ayahuasca book. And he talks about what 
you know, there's these groups of people, they go sit with ayahuasca, they wake up all wide-eyed, and then they think that they're enlightened. And then, and so that's why I don't agree with ayahuasca. And now I'm, you know, I'm, I, I don't work with plants. So he basically t- took the law, like certain groups in Los Angeles and stereotyped people that work with ayahuasca. And for me, what comes, what I come back to is, well, where's the reverence? Where's the reverence for the medicine? You know, where's the reverence for that? This is a, this is something Gaia actually gave us for a reason. And I think if we can remember that working with plant medicine doesn't make you better or more enlightened or any more farther advanced than anyone. It's just a soul contract and it's something to, yeah, to be celebrated. I want people to be able to talk about it openly without fear of being judged. I want to be able to talk about it openly because for me, I have so much gratitude and I'm so grateful just that she has done what she's done with me. And and I felt so sad when I read that in Shaman Durek's book because I agree with what he's saying on a certain level, but I just felt like the feminine aspect of of enlightenment and the feminine aspect in general through these plants wasn't fully revered. And so I feel like, yeah, that's, that's why I'm grateful you're having me on because I really want to be a voice for plant medicines, but I'm just, I'm nervous because what if someone says, oh, wow, this sounds so amazing. And then they go put themselves in a bad situation, you know, or they don't, they don't actually just like validate the shaman or, you know, who knows what could happen. I'm so glad that you brought this up because I was I was going to ask you this next and I all, I listened to a podcast with Shaman Jurek where he spoke with the woman behind Rhythmia and I listened to this before I had my own ceremony booked and I was trying to find out as much as I could about it and he really scared me I'm not going to lie he it it freaked me out the podcast interview because he was talking about how um, which I'm sure is the truth, that when you work with a master plant medicine like that, you are opening yourself up. And a lot of people were not doing the due diligence beforehand and were going to like someone's apartment in New York, where like some guy who went to, you know, Peru for six months and is like, oh, I'm a shaman now. And the way he described it, he was like, you'll be lying there like wide open, potentially under the influence of whatever chooses to come through you. And there'll be like a buzzing fridge next to you. And you'll have like hundreds of Wi-Fi's around you and it will just be the most like potentially destructive. And so it really did teach me like, first of all, you need to be extremely careful where you go and who you work with. And I definitely want you to speak more on that. And also that I I so understand the courage that it takes to dis- to discuss this. I'm even nervous talking about about it with, with most people because first of all, it's illegal in many countries, which is ridiculous. Um, when you consider what is legal and it takes courage to to be a voice for something that a lot of people misunderstand there are so many things in life that I feel like I'm a mouthpiece for that loads of people misunderstand and it takes so much courage but equally I would love you to speak on the importance of finding the right person to work with the right shaman to work with and the right sacred container for that experience Yes. Okay, great. I love that you shared what, you know, the whole Shaman Durek podcast. I haven't listened to that one. He is accurate and he is right that when you work with something that's going to expand your consciousness on such a next level, to give you an example, yesterday I was listening to Master Ko, who is one of the masters of pranic healing, which I'm really into lately. He was saying when you come back from a plant medicine ceremony, you could feel very sensitive and open because you might have picked things up and your chakras might have been blown open, but they, you know, they weren't perfectly repaired back together. And and he was saying that that um if you want a really big, open, like blast open consciousness experience, it's probably better and safer. This is his opinion, better and safer to just do it with spiritual practice versus working with any kind of plants or drugs as he would call it. And so here's what, but he said this, he said, it'll take a lot longer 
it'll take a lot longer. And so it's like, yes, it will take a lot longer. But here's the thing. You should not be going to a plant medicine ceremony to just to just have a crazy experience. What, even with mushrooms, people are like, oh, I want to work with mushrooms and see what happens. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> this is this is not something to get high off of. This is not something like, first of all, I am so I don't like being against anything really, but when it comes to LSD and ecstasy and other chemically created um, things that make you hallucinate, I tend to be against them. I, I, when I see them used in therapeutic setting for positive, that's where sometimes I'll kind of waver. But what I guess I'm coming back to is I feel like people use those just to have this like mind blowing experience. When you come back to ayahuasca, for instance, if you're going to, to, to use ayahuasca, like literally use it (laughs) that to have an experience that is not the right place and it's not going to go well. That's why people have so such horrible mushroom stories, paranoia and all that, because they were, they were opening up their consciousness, surrounded by a bunch of low vibe people and situations. They probably were drunk as well. And they had this horrible experience. Well, that was the wrong setting and it was the wrong intention. So again, coming back, whether it's psilocybin, San Pedro, or ayahuasca, you need to bring yourself into a sacred setting that with a proper space holder, that's the other thing. If for you to be able to fully surrender into the experience, choose someone that can, number one, prepare you so that they can walk you through the purification process beforehand and also prepare you and answer any questions. Then when you get into the ceremony, you should be able to rely on that space holder to, number one, keep the space clean meaning if there's anything negative or dark coming in that it's kept out and cleansed and cleared, they need to have that skill set. And number two, they need to be able to protect you from the other people. So there's, that's another thing. You don't work with ayahuasca or even mushrooms. I think mushrooms can still be interactive at times if it's therapeutic. However, you are not there to drink ayahuasca and have some bunch of conversations. So the shaman or the space holder um, will basically keep you protected from the energies, the, pro- the projections, and anything else going on with the other people. And they'll maintain the sacred space so that you can maintain your very inward journey. And in, in terms of like the fridge buzzing and like you're in New York, I that that is <laughs> inherently not the best situation. Um, <laughs> so of course I recommend that that's not, the, but I'm sure there's exceptions. I'm sure there are exceptions. I'm sure there are amazing, you know, um, shamans that are doing this work in uh, potentially in apartments at times. I don't know, but I just, I just want to give s- you know, people the benefit of the doubt, the people that have the bravery and the courage to come to this country, my country in the States, and to to serve this medicine. But the one they're they're genuinely trained, they're genuinely guided, and they they've done their proper training initiations to be able to hold these spaces. I know many couples that are that are doing this and I have incredible reverence and respect because holy shit, how courageous. Um and I will say most of those people are choosing remote settings in nature, very sacred, very removed from, I mean, the Wi-Fi, that's not a joke. You can feel the Wi-Fi if it's on. And so it's definitely important to, yeah, not be opening yourself up with all of this electromagnetic frequencies around you. And then, I mean, you can turn your Wi-Fi off, but if you're in an apartment in New York City, you've got it all around you. So not the best place. For me, I don't go to New York City sober, <laughs> let alone go to New York City and drink ayahuasca. So for me, that feels like common sense. <laughs> um, but if your intention is to heal 
and your intention is to, to, yeah, to heal and, and to really honor a soul contract that you know is calling you, you're probably not going to choose the apartment in New York City anyway. And you're going to be guided to the right people. You're going to be guided to the – that's another thing. If you are going to work with a shaman or a space holder that you've never worked with before, make sure it was recommended to you. And make sure maybe, – maybe have someone there that you feel really safe with. Um, it's like with anything. There are – there are corrupt yoga teachers, and there are corrupt spiritual teachers, and there are corrupt shamans. It's that that's it. And there are corrupt business people and there are corrupt humans, period. So it's important to choose someone that you know is trustworthy and um and give yourself permission to have anything else there that's gonna make you feel feel comfortable. Um another thing is, you know don't do this on a Saturday night and then go back to work the next day. You know, you want to make sure you're integrating, you're going really slow. And, um, especially if you are going to go to the jungle, I recommend you go with somebody and that you have a recommendation that's again, highly recommended. And I'm sure, you know, we could give those recommendations if anyone needed them. I wanted to make sure people, um, know that, when they go into this setting, if and when they go into a setting to work with a master plant medicine, while they, of course, need to be guided to the right space holder and to the right setting, it doesn't mean that it has to be dogmatic. And that's one thing that I think is being dropped across the board. Even with our cacao ceremonies, This is, there's no dogma to this. It doesn't have to be a certain way. And you don't have to um, necessarily sing Shipibo in your ceremony to have an incredible experience and so just dropping all dogma and allowing, you know, allowing today's age to reveal what's appropriate for you. Um, and then, yeah, I just wanted to let everyone know that's listening to this, if they have any further questions to let me know. But I'm sure there's even plenty of people out there that are more qualified in terms of preparation and diet and integration and all of this. That's very generous of you. And thank you so much, because I know I just know there'll be a lot of people listening to this and you will have brought your unique, calming, comforting, wise essence to this whole conversation. And that's certainly how it's been for me that I never would have even opened this door if it wasn't for having many conversations with you. So you truly are a voice for plant medicine, a vessel, a channel. And I'm so excited to see what unfolds over the next months and years because I know so much of it will have come from those deep experiences that you've had and the wisdoms you've learnt and the embodiment and I'm just so grateful to have you as a friend I think you're an incredible person thank you darling I'm so honored by that and by you I love you so much I love you so much thank you thank you thank you thank you Wow, I'm really genuinely blown away by that conversation. There was so much wisdom coming through. I know I'm going to have to listen to this episode a few times to really integrate everything that she said. So I hope that you found that as profound as I did. The next episode is with my gorgeous friend and teacher, Carly Grace. And Carly will be speaking to us all about her journey with sound healing. And trust me, you will not want to miss this episode. Carly has a beautiful, unique energy, pure divine feminine. And every time we speak, I just feel so tuned in to so many teachings and wisdoms. And I feel so magical in my heart. And I just can't wait to see what unfolds in the conversation. 